Section seven of Eugene Onegin by Alexander Pushkin, translated by Henry Spalding. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Marianne. Canto the fourth, rural life. One. The less we love a lady fair, the easier tis to gain her grace, and the more surely we ensnare her in the pitfalls which we place. Time was when cold seduction strove to swagger as the art of love, everywhere trumpeting its feats, not seeking love, but sensual sweets. But this amusement delicate was worthy of that old baboon our fathers used to dote upon. The lovelesses are out of date. Their glory, with their heels of red and their long perukes, hath vanished. 2. For who imposture can endure a constant harping on one tune, serious endeavors to assure what everybody long has known? Ever to hear the same replies and overcome antipathies which never have existed, even in little maidens of thirteen? And what like menaces, fatigues, entreaties, oaths, fictitious fear, epistles of six sheets or near, rings, tears, deceptions, and intrigues, aunts, mothers, and their scrutiny, and husbands' tedious amity. 3. Such were the musings of Eugene. He, in the early years of life, had a deluded victim been of air and of the passion's strife. By daily life deteriorated, a while this beauty captivated, and that no longer could inspire slowly exhausted by desire, yet satiated with success, in solitude or worldly din, he heard his soul's complaint within, with laughter smothered weariness, and thus he spent eight years of time, destroyed the blossom of his prime. 4. Though beauty no more he adored, he still made love in a queer way. Rebuffed, as quickly reassured, jilted, glad of a holiday. Without enthusiasm he met the fair, nor parted with regret, scarce mindful of their love and guile. Thus a guest with composure will to take a hand at whist off come. He takes his seat, concludes his game, and straight returning whence he came, tranquilly goes to sleep at home, and in the morning doth not know whither that evening he will go. 5. However, Tanya's letter reading, Eugene was touched with sympathy. The language of her girlish pleading aroused in him sweet reverie. He called to mind Tatiana's grace, pallid and melancholy face, and in a vision, sinless, bright, his spirit sank with strange delight. Maybe the empire of the sense regained authority a while, but he desired not to beguile such open-hearted innocence, but to the garden once again, wherein we lately left the twain. 6. Two minutes they in silence spent. Onegin then approached and said, You have a letter to me sent. Do not excuse yourself. I read confessions which a trusting heart may well in innocence impart. Charming is your sincerity. Feelings which long had ceased to be it wakens in my breast again. 
but I came not to adulate. Your frankness I shall compensate by an avowal just as plain. An ear to my confession lend. To thy decree my will I bend. 7. If the domestic hearth could bless, my sum of happiness contained, if wife and children to possess a happy destiny ordained, if in the scenes of home I might e'en for an instant find delight, then, I say truly, none but thee I would desire my bride to be. I say without poetic phrase, found the ideal of my youth, thee only would I choose, in truth, as partner of my mournful days, thee only pledge of all things bright, and be as happy as I might. 8. But strange am I to happiness, tis foreign to my cast of thought. Me your perfections would not bless, I am not worthy them in aught. And honestly, tis my belief our union would produce but grief. Though now my love might be intense, habit would bring indifference. I see you weep. These tears of yours tend not my heart to mitigate, but merely to exasperate. Judge, then, what roses would be ours, what pleasures Hymen would prepare for us, maybe for a year. 9. What can be drearier than the house, wherein the miserable wife deplores a most unworthy spouse and leads a solitary life? The tiresome man, her value knowing, yet curses on his fate bestowing, is full of frigid jealousy, mute, solemn, frowning gloomily. Such am I. This did ye expect, when in simplicity ye wrote your innocent and charming note with so much warmth and intellect? Hath fate apportioned unto thee this lot in life with stern decree? 10. Ideas and time ne'er backward move. My soul I cannot renovate. I love you with a brother's love, perchance one more affectionate. Listen to me without disdain. A mate hath oft, may yet again replace the visions fancy drew. Thus trees in spring their leaves renew, as in their turn the seasons roll. Tis evidently heaven's will, you fall in love again. But still, learn to possess more self-control. Not all will like myself proceed, and thoughtlessness to woe might lead. 11. Thus did our friend Onegin preach. Tatiana, dim with tears in her eyes, attentive listened to his speech, all breathless and without replies. His arm he offers. Mute and sad, mechanically, let us add, Tatiana doth accept his aid, and, hanging down her head, the maid around the garden homeward hies. Together they returned, nor word of censure for the same incurred. The country hath its liberties and privileges nice allowed, even as Moscow, city proud. 12. Confess, O ye who this peruse, Onegin acted very well by poor Tatiana in the blues. T'was not the first time, I can tell you, he a noble mind disclosed, though some men, evilly disposed, spared him not their asperities. 
his friends, and also enemies, one in the same thing it may be, esteemed him much as the world goes. Yes, every one must have his foes, but, Lord, from friends deliver me. The deuce take friends, my friends, amends I've had to make for having friends. 13. But how? Quite so. Though I dismiss dark, unavailing reverie, I just hint, in parenthesis, there's no stupid calumny born of a blabber in a loft and by the world repeated oft. There's no fish-market retort and no ridiculous report, which your true friend with a sweet smile where fashionable circles meet a hundred times will not repeat, quite inadvertently, meanwhile. And yet he in your cause would strive and loves you as a relative. 14. Hem, hem, my reader noble, are all your relatives quite well? Permit me, it is worth the trouble for your instruction here to tell what I by relatives conceive. These are your relatives, believe, those whom we ought to love, caress, with spiritual tenderness, whom, as the custom is of men, we visit about Christmas Day, or by a card our homage pay, that until Christmas comes again they may forget that we exist. And so, God bless them, if he list. 15. In this the love of the fair sex beats that of friends and relatives. In love, although its tempests vex, our liberty at least survives. Agreed. But then the whirl of fashion, the natural fickleness of passion, the torrent of opinion, and the fair sex as light as down. Besides the hobbies of a spouse should be respected throughout life by ever proper-minded wife, and this the faithful one allows, when in an instant she is lost. Satan will jest, and at love's cost. 16. Oh, where bestow our love? Whom trust? Where is he who doth not deceive? Who words and actions will adjust to standards in which we believe? Oh, who is not calumnious? Who labors hard to humor us? To whom are our misfortunes grief, and who is not a tiresome thief? My venerated reader, oh, cease the pursuit of shadows vain. Spare yourself unavailing pain, and all your love on self bestow. A worthy object tis, and well I know there's none more amiable. 17. But from the interview, what flowed? Alas, it is not hard to guess. The insensate fire of love still glowed, nor discontinued to distress a spirit which for sorrow yearned. Tatiana more than ever burned with hopeless passion. From her bed sweet slumber winged its way and fled. Her health, life's sweetness and its bloom, her smile and maidenly repose, all vanished as an echo goes. Across her youth a shade had come, as when the tempest's veil is drawn across the smiling face of dawn. 18. Alas, Tatiana fades away, grows pale and sinks, but nothing says. 
Listless is she the live-long day, nor interest in aught betrays. Shaking with serious air the head, in whispers low the neighbors said, "'Tis time she to the altar went. But enough. Now, tis my intent the imagination to enliven with love which happiness extends. Against my inclination, friends, by sympathy I have been driven. Forgive me. Such the love I bear my heroine, Tatiana dear. End of section 7